TC Hill is not a doctor and does not claim to be a doctor or licensed in any type of medical field. Don't be an idiot and use anything heard on the show as medical advice. This information should be used for educational purposes only and you should contact your doctor for any medical advice. Now get off me. Kick it naturally. I'm Kenna Macno, and I'm here with TC Hale, author. Natural- we have a free give. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I got geez. excited. Oh, I'm sorry. Just oh, continue. I'm sorry. No, I was no. so excited. You don't get an intro now. Stuff. You don't get an intro now. That's fair enough. And then we have Hottie Patati Will Schmidt to my left, fitness fitness trainer to the stars. Hi. Hi. That was good. Will you waited yeah. your turn? See? Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna learn nice from that. Nice and decent. Did everybody have a good Thanksgiving? Lots of turkey and dressing. That was and... a long time ago. That yeah. was like months ago for our <laughs> listeners. So maybe. Oh, yeah. Well, I did. I had a great Thanksgiving. Good job. Uh, but last week we put in a review to be drawn for a bottle of the well, a bucket. It's a bucket of the protein powder. Just shows up at your doorstep in a bucket. Yeah. So basically, everyone who's left us a review on iTunes or Stitcher, we've folded up your review and put it into a, a little pail that we choose from any time we do free giveaways. So if you want to be included with all the cool kids, then you just go to iTunes or Stitcher, leave us a review on the show, and that really helps us spread the word, and then we like you. And if you say something nice about me, you know you get 50 more entries. So go ahead. Um, okay, um, so we're going to draw? Yeah. yeah, the protein powder, if you want to find details about it, we could tell them it's at naturalselectionnutritionals.com. Cool. Yeah, yeah so pick pick one, Kenna. Aw, shoot. <laughs> Try not to pick the one you just put in. She has her I, eyes closed I know what radio. that one feels like. Uh-huh. Okay, read it what you got. How do you open this thing? It's like a Chinese cookie. Okay. Woohoo! Love the kick it stuff. Five stars by Katie All 13. Finally, I have found something that makes sense. I thought I was eating right, exercising, and doing everything that it takes to lose fat and ultimately weight. I couldn't figure out what I was doing wrong. Anything kick it addresses has helped me. I'm excited. I'm on the pathway to a healthier life. I appreciate the humor and simple explanations for my particular chemistry. I have low blood pressure and didn't realize cutting salt was hurting me, not helping. Just adding salt back into my diet has helped immensely. Amazing. Simple. Woohoo! You just Good want job. some protein powder Way in a bucket. Go. I'm glad right, they think Kate. we're simple. Cause, I know. Cause yeah. I'm, I'm, I don't feel like I do a good job of that. Well, um, my... My whole brain is simple. Maybe yeah. they're talking about that. Um, <laughs> I have this mental picture, but you could zoom inside. Yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. Tony's sitting there. With There's nothing in mine. People are all out to lunch in mine. Oh, squirrel. <laughs> so, Katie, go to kickitnaturally.com and hit the contact us and uh, let us know that was yours, and we'll get you out a, a container of our Natural Selections Complete Protein Powder. And for all you other listeners, go to Kick It In The Nuts on Facebook and follow us because that's where we post show topics. You can ask questions or you can give us ideas for show topics. That's where we post when we're going to show uh, be playing a particular podcast, you know, when yeah, it's coming it's up. All yeah, cool kids lots are there. of stuff. We give you lots of information there. So you're going to want to go there. And uh, what else? What else? This is an Ask Tony show, another one of those puppies. Yeah, people have been saying they like when we talk about people's specific situations that they send in because it kind of helps them understand a little bit more about the chemistry when they see it in a real-life scenario like that. So we've been getting a lot of emails from people uh, asking about their situation, and then we talk about it. So that's what we're going to do. Go. Cool. All right. Let's just dive right in. Beth. 
an email that she sent Tony. Here's what I've been dealing with. I'm 30, fit, and have celiac disease. I went undiagnosed until college and ended up with a degenerative spine disease for over 13 years because of it. Had it for a wheelchair. I had a stem cell operation and now I am fully functional. Yay, science! I am also severely lactose intolerant, allergic to walnuts, intolerant of any other nut, severe IBS, both types, candida yeast problems, and pelvic floor dysfunction. I always joke that I clearly wasn't made well on the inside, but from the looks of it, I might have just, uh, I might have just had low stomach acid and bile problems. I've been aware of the low stomach acid problem, and I have been taking a fourth teaspoon of apple cider vinegar in the afternoon before my biggest meal, lunch, and digestive enzymes at most meals. I have also started seeing a naturopath, and she has given me magnesium to take at night. I do a fourth a teaspoon of that, too, as a half teaspoon is too much right now. So that's me. Stress has always been a huge part of my life, and I meditate now to manage it. Thanks for doing what you do. Wow. You're welcome for doing what we do. So we handled that question. Yeah, I try to stay away from most nuts, but Tony cracked made it through the crowd i didn't uh, uh i had a great Nailed joke it. and i just butchered it made yeah. it through the crowd maybe yeah. yeah maybe nina can edit it enough to where it works she'll uh, figure it out and she'll, whatever the joke was gonna be she'll Dang make it, it. i was working my way out too while i was reading i was like oh. oh no okay well instead of that let's talk about beth then okay yeah so it's really interesting that beth has had all of these digestive issues and we know we talk a lot of other episodes about how many food intolerances are born from a lack of digestion. And since that food is not properly broken down into uh, amino acids, vitamins, minerals, nutrients, things that the body can use, that the body kind of views it as an invader when it gets into the system. Um, so uh, it's interesting to me that she had all of these digestive issues going on. And she also had a degenerative spine situation. And uh, we've talked about on other shows how when the body's not getting the nutrients that it needs through what we're eating, that it's going to get those nutrients anyways. And where does it get the nutrients if it's not getting it through nutrition? Yeah, yourself. Yeah, you're the store. You're the 7-Eleven that your body is shopping at. And for uh, women especially, it seems that uh, lower back, hip area is kind of a, a nutrient-rich area where the body's like, oh, I'll shop here. And it can be different for every person, but not in every case, but in many cases of these degenerative tissue issues or even bone like um, uh, osteoarth osteoporosis type of stuff. We've done a whole episode on that, that the body just kind of pulls it from its own sources and that tissue kind of breaks down and degenerates and a lot of the medical world views it as, oh, your body hates your spine. Mm. It's attacking your spine because it hates it. Yeah. There's, and we see that in like the catabolic issue, like when people are trying to do a really intense weight loss, like accelerated weight loss program, they'll cut their calories severely and their body still needs energy. And usually when they're doing a really intense sort of program like that, they'll be exercising even more than normal and their body needs fuel for that energy. So it'll, it'll, like you said, source it from your own tissues, like your muscles will break down and it's a cat catabolism and it's, it can also happen, uh, from not getting enough nutrients or not being able to make energy in the right way. 
and that can cause us to not be able to maintain cells in their healthy regular structure. So in addition to sourcing um, tissues for energy, like breaking muscle down and using it for to turn into glucose, it can also just not have what it needs to be able to maintain healthy structures, like of the bones and the bone tissues. Calcium can get pulled out of them when our cells aren't able to make energy in the right way. It will pull calcium out of the bones and deposit it in the soft tissues, and that creates a double problem of the soft tissues become stiffer and less pliable. Can create joint pain and, and inflammation different types of arthritis yeah, and, and calcification stuff like that. while the bones are getting weaker and depleted. So that can happen from starvation kind of issues, but also from problems with the way the cells are making energy. Uh, so. In, like it's awesome that she had the stem cell operation that, that helped correct that issue for her. But we'd also still want to pay a lot of attention to, is your body getting the nutrients that it needs? Are the cells able to make energy in the way that they are designed to really make it? And uh, that will do a lot to help keep calcium where it should be and to keep the structures, like the collagen structures of our tissues, um, intact and healthy and uh, with integrity. It's amazing what science has been able to do, but when you look at, uh, you know, no telling how much a, a surgery like that or a treatment like that would even cost, and for many people, uh, not in every case, but we don't know what the case was with Beth, but for a lot of people with issues like these, it was just a thing where like, hey, your body just needs nutrients, just help your body get nutrients and you don't have this, it kind of makes you wonder further down the line, like, are people going to have a podcast about, you know, back in 2015, humans were still eating food and that seemed to solve some of the problems. <laughs> are we going to have situations where people die every Thursday, but they have this really expensive treatment that, that fixes it and brings you back, you know, and, and instead of uh, people taking care of their bodies in any way, we're just going to have all these super expensive treatments to fix the things that we break nonstop. As opposed That'd be to... cool. <laughs> no, Tony's, I think, posing it as like a bad thing. Like, oh, oh. it's probably <laughs> as opposed to just a holistically nourishing the body so problems right. don't happen in the first place. But then you could just do whatever you want. You'd be like, I'm going to fix it today. Yeah. I've been chewing on rocks. And... But, I mean, it's awesome to get medical treatment when you when you need when it's it it's needed it's awesome that they've found out it's, how to do some stuff. it's incredible yeah. um and then uh, you know it seems like a big thing that she's aware of in her case is her weak and highly sensitive digestion that may take just extra care for her like maybe some people can get away with eating more nuts and seeds and doing that without as big a problem but her system's pretty compromised so she may need to do things like um the AIP diet, the autoimmune paleo protocol to like avoid foods that are worsening or triggering the intestinal sensitivity. Right. So Beth, if you haven't seen the the chapter nine in Kick Your Fat in the Nuts, it was such a big deal when I added it that I put the whole chapter on the Kick It in the Nuts website. So you can just go there and search for uh, chapter nine. And I posted the whole thing that kind of tells people with issues like this, the steps they can take to remove the foods that most commonly cause problems like this, like the things that you're clearly already removing if you have celiac disease, like things like gluten and a lot of grains and uh, you know nuts and seeds are problematic for a lot of people. But if you can remove those things and then fix digestion, you can go at least 30 days and then you can start putting foods back in one at a time 
to really pinpoint which one's causing the problems. Because they get rid of everything like nightshade, like eggs, like dairy, all that. I mean, they get, you're down to the breast. Right, we're taking out days. all the things that are most commonly problematic. Um, now, and I was in a similar situation because for a long time I was on the PPI drugs turning off my digestion. So I created a lot of uh, food intolerances since no food was getting digested going in. So nuts and seeds were one of the things that took the longest for me to get back to where I could eat them at all. And it's still not something that I, I don't eat on a regular basis in any way for other reasons too, just because I lean more catabolic and uh, we've learned more about polyunsaturated fats that freak us out a little bit. But uh, they are at least something that I can eat now because I went through these steps. Um, another thing I want to talk about with Beth is that she says that she does know that she has low stomach acid and to fix that she's been doing a quarter teaspoon of apple cider vinegar with each or maybe one of her meals or something like that. Um, so what I see when people do that is that they'll improve almost none. And the reason is because apple cider vinegar can be really effective and very beneficial in, in a lot of ways especially if a person is leaning too catabolic because apple cider vinegar seems to have a pro-anabolic effect. But it can help acidify that stomach, but a quarter teaspoon is a really small dose and it's not anywhere near as effective as HCL. So uh, I would say that a tablespoon, a full tablespoon of apple cider vinegar would uh, have the acidifying equivalent of maybe a a quarter of a capsule of HCL, something about that, um, in its ability to acidify what you're eating. Uh, I love to use it with people that I need to do things very gentle, like if there's a kid that I want to help their stomach acid improve, or maybe a pregnant woman, or, or someone that's just overly sensitive and can't handle HCL or something, I'll use apple cider vinegar. But once I build them up and they start to have some form of digestion, then I want to use HCL because it's just so much more effective. Cool. But we're not done with Beth. Oh. Yeah. <sighs> Beth mentioned a lot of stuff. She did. She did. Yeah. Um, so if you didn't have anything to add to that, Will, though. No, no. I, I, I was just listening in. So that it. just means I nailed it. Yeah, you like stomach acid. You like hydrochloric acid as a more. Didn't she say going? I'm sorry, Will. Uh, didn't she say going back to like a, uh, a half of a uh, teaspoon? Her that was no, that was magnesium. We'll get to the magnesium oh. next. Yeah. So she right. says that um, that her uh, naturopath has her taking um, uh, magnesium at night, and we want to talk about why that's a mistake that a lot of people make. And why people might be benefiting it from it anyways, but if you just adjust some things, um, it can be better. Why don't you handle that? Yeah, and it, not that magnesium's a bad idea for her, but it the timing could be better. It right. might be better. It's a pro-catabolic mineral, so that, that could be an issue. But you want to look at what's the biggest problem for this person and what, what are the best solutions for those specific problems. So if the fight-or-flight sympathetic nervous system imbalance is like a really really big deal in her case magnesium might be a good useful tool ideally our body's more catabolic in the a.m. and magnesium can help push our body to be more catabolic 
that term means basically a cellular energy production awake state awake state but it's also a tissue breakdown state which is okay like when you're working out that's a catabolic activity and that's okay that's part of like how our body works but it should switch into more of an anabolic or resting repairing rebuilding uh, phase in the evening and magnesium might be a really important nutrient for you to include but it could work better for you if you did it earlier in the day it would still provide that mineral to your system which could help balance your nervous system but it might help you sleep better because it's not pushing you into that catabolic state at night when your body wants to be more anabolic and by taking it in the day like will was saying you're working with your body and its natural circadian rhythms you you want to do that um, a, a lot of people suggest magnesium at night just because they don't understand that but what they do understand is that magnesium can be a very calming mineral and especially to the tissues tissues seem to get uh, overly tight and even uh, anxious so to speak when there's not enough magnesium or calcium in the tissue level so when they see that magnesium can be calming for people that are needing more they just kind of think oh well you should take that at night that's when you want to be calm so that you sleep better um, magnesium can also help people that are experiencing insomnia if their insomnia is due to an electrolyte deficiency so they're lifting their electrolyte levels they take magnesium at night it helps them sleep and then they think oh everybody should take magnesium at night but the reality is that a lot of people with insomnia are ins insomniacs because they're overly catabolic and then you give them magnesium and it makes them much much worse so we're not saying that magnesium is bad it's actually something that every human needs but not every human needs to supplement it in a large amount and it can even be hurtful to them but even for those that it's very beneficial if they take it in the morning instead of at night then they're doing everything correctly working with their body in a in a better manner and yeah, there could be other things that she does to like this could be like a good solution and maybe it's maybe the fight or flight issue is a prominent thing and the magnesium's helping to alleviate that which it still could do in the a.m. But maybe that other added benefit of the extra electrolytes in the evening could be achieved with an even better mineral choice, like maybe a little pinch of salt and some collagen protein for the calming effect of the glycine amino acid and the, the sodium chloride to help also lift the blood pressure without pushing the body into that catabolic state. So there's, there's good solutions and then there's possibly even better solutions if she's shifted her magnesium to the morning and then maybe included like an electrolyte boosting pro-anabolic supplement in the evening. Right. Because, you know, there's lots of other benefits that could be coming from the magnesium if she's uh, overly anabolic and her urine pH is very high and she's uh, her insulin is very overactive. The magnesium could be dropping that and helping her just to function better. So... Uh, don't feel like you need to drop it but she says that half a teaspoon is too much for her now so you wonder why she thinks that is it keeping her awake who knows but um, in any case moving that to the morning could be a, a big deal for Beth now we're done yeah now okay I think we're good all right today just because we love you all of our listeners can get a free audiobook from audible.com just go to kick it in the nuts.com forward slash audiobook for the details audible.com all right, moving on. 
Let's see. Carmen. Here we go. Carmen, Carmen, Carmen another, another email from Carmen. Well, not from her, but just another email. I'm trying to lose some weight so that I can relieve the stress on my knees. I've tried paleo since early June and have not lost a pound. I'm going to use the recommendations of Kick, Your, uh, Kick the Fat book to see if that helps. Good job, Carmen. You selected a good book to help. Yep. So with paleo, and I, I can't remember if we talk about this in the book, but we talk about it a lot, that uh, a paleo diet is a little higher in proteins and fats, and it takes away a lot of the processed starchy foods, a lot of the carbohydrates that are a lot easier to break down, like, you know, rice, pasta, bread, those foods are easier for your digestive system to break down and turn into glucose to where proteins and fats are harder to process. So when you move to a paleo diet, even though you're removing all of this garbage that could be contributing to weight gain, even if you're reducing your carb load in a manner that allows your insulin level to come down so that your body should be able to burn stored fat, even if you're doing all those things, what happens if you can't digest this paleo diet? Will Wolfgang Hadi Patati Schmidt <laughs> found at mybodyofknowledge.net. Wow, thanks for the plug. Um, yeah, that's, you know, the digestive strength that's required to break down whole foods and especially raw foods is what usually tends, or not usually, but a lot of the time will push a person towards um, away from those foods and just relying on carbs. Like they're, they're just easier to process. They're easier for body to get that dopamine trigger because those sugars from processed foods will hit you faster. And it doesn't require as much strength to break them down. Like that's why so many people feel like incredibly gassy when they go to like a vegan restaurant and they just eat all these like, you know, sprouted nuts and seeds uh -huh. and grains and things like that, that their body just has a really hard time digesting. So we see people do a lot better when they do the work to improve digestion and then gradually phase in changes to their diet as they're able to, as they're capable of breaking those foods down. And one thing you taught me a long time ago is that it, even if a food is like exactly the nutrients that that person needs, it only gives them problems if they can't digest it. So you want to work on the capacity to break down proteins, make sure you have enough stomach acid, the capacity to emulsify fats, making sure you have enough or good bile flow. You know, and once you do those things, then typically a paleo approach will work a lot better for you. You know, and the tragedy of this is like that there's millions of people just like Carmen. Carmen was lucky. She did the right thing. She emailed us in so we can save her life right now. That's great news for Carmen. But think of all those people who have tried, you know, a, a paleo diet or even a different diet that was appropriate for them, but they just couldn't digest it. And they kind of feel like, okay, I was doing these things and I couldn't lose a pound. Then I switched over to this paleo thing that I see working for all these different people and I still haven't lost a pound it must just be me I'm gonna go ahead and give up and just eat crap food all day yeah um yeah it's sad and that's what I'm excited for our movie to come out the why am I so fat movie when that finally launches it'll help really bring to light like all these different approaches have fad popularity because they worked for certain segments of the population right. and they work for those segments for specific reasons relevant to that individual's chemistry and digestive capacity um, and a, a lot of the times people think oh I, it just doesn't work for me or they may have even hit on the diet that would be awesome for their body but they can't digest it so right. they think oh that one didn't work either it's like oh you're you're close to finding yeah. this gold mine 
but you didn't see that other factor of digestive. Right. So it's not that Carmen's broken. It's that she took one problem and traded it in for something else that created a totally different problem, but both of those problems could re could uh, end up with fat, storing more fat. Yeah. Another key thing to mention here is that weight loss will reduce the amount of weight on your knees. That's <coughs> you. Sorry. But that doesn't necessarily correct knee pain. Yeah, and it's usually not, you know, a lot of times it seems we hear from a lot of people who are like, the doctor is like, oh, if you just lose weight, then you'll fix your joint pain. But the thing is that it's not just the weight on the joints. It's the way that you're eating that is contributing to this weight gain is also contributing to these joint problems for a variety of reasons. Like yeah. the inflammation of it and That's everything one, that you're eating. Yeah, the strength of the tissues themselves. Maybe your body's breaking down the tissue because right. it's, you're not giving it any nutrients. Maybe calcium is being deposited in the wrong place. Yeah. I mean, there's such a huge variety of things that could be causing it. Yeah. And um, actually, I have, I don't know how long it's going to take to finish this draft of it, but my, uh, my first real book, Smart Yoga for Pain Relief, talks about these biochemical causes of pain as well as biomechanical issues. So we focus mostly in this podcast on biochemical causes, which can be mirrored, like a lot of different issues. And... We talk about how to identify which ones of those body chemistry imbalances may be contributing to your pain. Like maybe you're in a catabolic state, maybe you're electrolyte deficient, these different issues that could contribute to inflammation and tissue breakdown. And we teach how to do that in our digestive issues course at kickitnaturally.com. But there are also a lot of cases of specific joint pain that have more to do with body alignment and posture. Like, for example, um, I was I worked as an exercise therapist for a company called the Agoski Method, and we worked very closely with the San Diego Chargers and some other sports teams, and the offensive linemen would be over 300 pounds, right? And they would come in, and they'd have horrible back pain and shoulder pain, and they're like, they're like in car accidents every day, all day, right, right. you know, practicing yeah. and playing in the NFL. And and they some of them weigh close to 400 pounds, and they are um, they're coming in pain, they do exercises that correct their posture, and they're out of pain. They didn't lose a pound. They didn't want to lose a pound. They needed that weight for sports. But once they correct their body alignment, they're able to run miles around the track, no knee pain, no back pain. So And when, they didn't make any changes to their physiology like we teach people yeah. how to do. And the same thing, you see people that just make changes to their physiology and nothing else, and they improve. It's just, it's, you never know which thing is going to be. It's a complicated issue. Yeah, and there's there's generalities. Like if you have systemic inflammation and kind of pain everywhere, that's less likely to be a postural imbalance and more sense. likely to be a body chemistry. But if you have just your right knee hurts and like everything else is healthy, it's probably a movement pattern issue. So um, if you go to smartyogaforpainrelief.com, you'll see all about like how posture works and a lot of other exercises and things that you can do to help correct uh, your body alignment. But that's a key thing to know. If your posture's off, it can be a direct contributor to joint pain because when your posture's misaligned, it changes your movement patterns and the way like stress and force hits the joint and the way the joint is forced to move and bear weight and correcting your alignment can oftentimes be an immediate relief and true like cure for that problem. Yeah, and Will has a lot of videos about body alignment stuff that can help you deal with specific issues like that. 
So it is nice to hit both avenues to see what might be going on with you, but just don't view it as, oh, I just got to lose weight to take the pressure off of this knee pain because a lot of times there's a lot more to it. Like you could lose weight, you could even do the physiology, and then it's still something that you're doing with your posture wrong right. or one of those other things. All right. If you'd like to learn how to become a health coach or even just dig into more advanced teachings or your, for yourself or your family, go to healthprocourse.com to learn about Tony and Will's course for coaches. Registration for this course only opens to the public for about a week at a time, so be sure to register for the coach newsletter so you'll be notified when the next registration opens. You'll find more info at healthprocourse.com. All right, Melanie, final email question. Well, I wouldn't consider myself overweight, but there is a stubborn 15 pounds that don't seem to want to come off. I have always had digestive issues stemming from childhood where I could violently, where I would violently vomit certain foods. As an adult, I don't vomit unless I eat avocado, but I do have several food aversions. I can't eat onions, garlic, or soy without having major gas. I avoid fried or greasy foods since they give me an overall upset stomach. I do burp a lot and always seem to be bloated. If I eat a donut, I literally burp it up the entire day. Needless to say, I try and eat healthy since healthy food seems to agree with me. However, I still have issues with constipation. I've been using the HCL and Digestozyme and haven't seen too much of an improvement yet, but I haven't taken the beet flow. I purchased it, but somehow I was under the impression that you 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 you, you use it only... Oh, wait, hold on. Uh, I was under the impression that you use it only if I experience diarrhea. Did I get that right? Or should I be using the beet flow too? Also, I increased the HCL to three capsules and it started making me nauseous, so I cut down to two. I'm also taking one digestozyme. Should I be taking more? Any guidance would be great. I bet she has something with her bile. Yeah, it could. all the fat that she said that she makes her bloat and all that. Yeah, she could have a problem uh, processing fats, but it does sound like there's some bacteria issues in her stomach, especially if you eat something sweet in it because a lot of times uh carbs or sugars and things will activate uh bacteria living in your stomach and you can cause even more issues like reflux bloating burping things like that too um but we talked a little bit today or maybe it was last week too about people who um get a little uncomfortable when they start with the hcl and they have to feel like they need to back back down so you really got to look at steps to wipe out some bacteria. Yeah, we have a full episode on acid reflux. If you type that into the search box at kickitnaturally.com, we go over this in depth for that whole show. But it's that conflict between the alkaline exotoxins that bacteria in the stomach create that chemically interact and create a big fizzly bubbly mess like a elementary school volcano. Science yeah, so picture that thing. going on in your stomach yeah. every time that you're eating some of these foods. Yeah, so when you eat, when you take a significant amount of HCL, that interacts with the alkaline fluid from the bacteria and creates that big bubbly fizzy mess, and that's why you feel nauseous. So almost definitely why you feel nauseous. So with that, you want to take other steps first or coincidingly to kill off the bacteria, like using D-limonene, we talk about often, and then other antimicrobial agents like Swedish bitters and raw carrot, cooked mushroom, cooked bamboo, all these things will help kill off the bacteria in the stomach and probably also in the small intestine. 
Um, and those things will then make it much easier for you to take hydrochloric acid in a sufficient amount for it to do some good for you. Yeah, and we hear from people in the group doing this a lot, where they get nauseous, they have a hard time with HCL, but when they do D-limonene for, you know, even just two or three doses, and we usually uh, recommend, and the label does as well, that people skip a day between doses of D-limonene and only do it in the morning uh, because it's pretty pro-catabolic. Uh, so you want to take it when your body should be catabolic anyways. Um, but when they do that, then they can go back to HCL and they find that they don't have such a problem and they can work up to the full dose and uh, fix things like bloating and constipation and such. But the beet flow is not just if you're needing diarrhea. We, we recommend anyone using HCL supplements in any way take beet flow just to ensure that your bile is thin enough that it can flow and neutralize the acid leaving your stomach because you don't want to create like a duodenal ulcer if there's no bile there to neutralize the acid leaving your stomach. You don't want to create loose stool issues, diarrhea issues where you're not absorbing any of your food. So we like to see people use beet flow no matter what in that circumstance. But just know that what you're describing here, it makes a lot of sense. Um, we hear from people that experience the exact same thing, and when they take steps to wipe out the bacteria first, it they have a much better time with it. But once you do that, you could find that that may be what was making it so hard to lose that last 15 pounds, was just all this food that was not being digested properly, and the body doesn't know what to do with it. It's like, hey, how about I just shove some of this on a fat cell, because it, it's not it's becoming toxic in here. Yeah, and there there may be something else, too, to her diet that she could fine-tune to get rid of these 15 pounds, like maybe cutting out the donuts, yeah. <laughs> cutting out the... What was the other stuff that she ate? Avocado was a thing that gave Avocado. her a lot of trouble. Yeah, I would... I would probably we we have another episode on on fats suitable fats I think is the title of it but we're generally not big fans of polyunsaturated fats which are in avocados but are also in donuts and like other oh, fried, fried foods fried right. foods is the real big source yeah because so, they fried in these oils that are just horrible they yeah. they told us for decades that they were the healthy ones but really it's what's causing most of the problem yeah so I'm, I'm just wondering like her food journal she's like well i had a donut for breakfast but i didn't have I one a, for lunch i had a bunch of french fries though and then <laughs> at dinner i had oh what was that last thing she um yeah so just oh yeah, avocados so just look at what's going on um and understand uh, that and you'll pick up a lot of this up in, in the book as well, but a lot of the things that we're told were healthy for a long time were, were really wrong in a huge way. Yeah, like Crisco and Wesson oil in a fry daddy. Right. Grew up soy, on that. soy protein. Right, soy protein and, and telling us to stay away from saturated fats like egg yolks and coconut oil, things that are really good. Animal protein. Don't eat right. salt. Right. So there were a lot of errors, so don't view this as it was your fault. It's just that we tend to follow what the mainstream says and then when it creates problems we feel like oh it's just a genetic issue or we're broken or I don't think Melanie's broken at all um, it sounds like she's really moving in the right direction and and just by tweaking a few of these things you can really turn around a whole lot and it gets really fun and exciting and then when you do eat a donut because you mm, your body donut. actually functions again now that donut doesn't have to take you off captive. You get to conquer the donut. Yeah, you won't really have 
nearly as much of that sort of burping up reflux issue once you kill off that bacteria. Oh, that was another thing I wanted to say when Will was mentioning that reflux thing. Even if you don't have reflux, still listen to that episode because we really talk a lot about um, how to beat the bacteria if it's in the stomach. And because the bacteria in the stomach may just be creating some of these other issues for you. It's not going to create reflux for everybody. So still listen to that even if you're not getting any reflux because it'll help you understand how to improve this issue. And doing that too also, she says she has issues with constipation. Like getting your acid levels up in your stomach will really help in most cases with that. Yeah, and improving the constipation will also help with that last 15 pounds because if, if waste is not being removed... It's still, it's there. You want it to, you want to poop like the cool kids poop. Yeah, I know sometimes I've left 15 pounds in the toilet. Right. You know? So, so you, you want it to go, go in the toilet. That was gross. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So if you, but talking about my diarrhea every episode is That's not, fine. Yeah. That's, that's okay. Fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Double standard. Okay. If you want to learn more about how to look at your own chemistry, you can read any of Tony's books or take the free, almost free, darn it. Almost free four week digestion course at kickitnaturally.com. Yeah, we just need to name it 50 Cent. 50 Cent. 50 50 Cent. cent. Yo, yo. Then they'll think that the rapper is teaching the course. They'll mess up the SEO. People be like, 50 Cent digestion. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so. Oh, and then uh, Will Schmidt's mybodyofknowledge.net. Yeah, sign up for the magazine. Sign up for the e magazine that's going to be coming. It's probably out by now because we're a couple episodes ahead. So. Mybodyofknowledge.net. Check it out. It's a fun little magazine. All right. Okay, see you soon. Learn more about today's topic by becoming a KIY member and gain access to our members-only podcast episodes. That's where we dig deeper into each topic and share the secrets that help our clients and coaches see such amazing results. You'll also gain access to our private support group where you can ask us questions when you get stuck. It's only $9 a month and you get free shipping at naturalreference.com, which can save you like $9 a month. So do the math and join the Kick It Yourself KIY gang. Go to kickitnaturally.com forward slash KIY and we'll see you on the inside.